Welcome to Competition Cafe, a podcast focused on hot topics in antitrust. My name is Jen Roach, and I'm a partner at Thompson Hine in Cleveland. Joining me is my co-host, Matt Ridings, also a partner at Thompson Hine and a certified compliance and ethics professional. We're really excited to bring you a series of short discussions on developing trends in antitrust enforcement and litigation to keep you informed. If there are topics you'd like to hear more about, please shoot us an email. Today we're going to discuss the American Bar Association's Antitrust Section Spring Meeting held recently in Washington, D.C., and some of the big takeaways from the meeting with Thomas Sitch, the chair-elect to the ABA's Antitrust Section and a partner at Thompson Hine. Tom has over 38 years of experience in a wide range of data protection, intellectual property, consumer protection, social media, competition, and antitrust matters. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. Great to be here. Uh, Tom, tell us a little about the programming this year and some of the featured sessions at the spring meeting. Sure. I think uh, the obvious, uh, we don't want to bury the lead, is that we were in person. For the first time in three years, we were able to have our meeting and be together, and we gathered a little over 3,000 people from over 45 countries uh, to be together uh, to do what we had done for so many years but missed, and that is to, to be together in person and sharing the insights and the experiences. So that, that, that set the stage. And then we had our usual three full days of programming, uh, counting the evenings, uh, ranging the full, top, the full range of antitrust and consumer protection and data privacy. Starting from the top, you know, the, the great chair showcase where we had a lot of discussion about the, the elephant in the room. Where is antitrust going from, from very different viewpoints? Um, and a little good lively discussion uh, before pretty much the whole crowd. And then we had uh, those things that are keeping people up at night, the, the, uh, the government's enforcement policies and the leniency program and the changes in that to the new merger guidelines we're looking at to things like the intersection of competition and privacy in, in the big data world. So if it was a hot topic, it's something that people are working on, we had that covered. Uh, and so the, as usual, the difficulty at the spring meeting is picking which programs you go to. It's like going to a film festival. What are you going to see and when are you going to see it? And so uh, we think uh, we did a good broad range of programs that touch people's individual interests. Well, you had mentioned, Tom, the elephant in the room is where is antitrust going? And, and we've seen a lot of changes over the last year. Do you think this is a fad in antitrust and this is going to kind of go back to the way things were once the, this administration leaves? Or is this more of a permanent change and a shift in, in how we're viewing antitrust? Well, predictions are always perilous to some extent, but uh, here's some thoughts on that. One of the variables is, is this simply agency enforcement, or are there going to be legislative changes? What's interesting, we have um, enforcers, particularly the FTC and our Justice Department, who are literalists. Right? They are originalists. They look at the statute and say, this is what Congress told us to do, and we're going to do it. You may not be used to it, but this is what we think the legislator told us, legislature told us to do. So the same thing is going to get happening. The, our, the section has commented on the Klobuchar-Grassley bill, right, and the other legislation. If any of those pass, and it's an open question, then you've got a change in the law, in the statute, and it's harder to avoid very specific uh, legislation going at very specific players in the marketplace. That could be ensconced uh, into the antitrust policy. I think we'll have to see. I think some of the close three to two FTC decisions clearly would change with a different administration and makeup. Um, the approach, the procedural approaches, uh, can be very idiosyncratic. I mean, we had one 
bureau directors say that the days of being a white glove concierge service are over. Interesting way to put it, but that really is how personnel approach it. I think there are shifts. Uh, I think that none of this avoids politics, and I think of the challenges of the major market players are going to be there. Uh, the merger guidelines, to the extent they reflect reality as they come out, the leniency program changes that are being announced, even though they're called not changes. So I think there's going to there is movement, um, and what we have to watch is how that harmonizes around the world. We used to think the EU is out in front of us. Now we're out in front of the EU uh, in some of the the approaches. So I think there's a lot of discussion at the spring meeting about how that's going to play out. So I think it's it's not just episodic, uh, but the legislation will drive it to some extent, um, and how uh, I think that the political world reacts to the, the the enforcement vigor. Did the agency officials give any indication about their thoughts on labor collusion in any of these programs, and um, particularly in light of the two um, recent acquittals and indictments that they brought uh, on some of the no-poach cases? Um, the official position, and they said it with a straight face, was they're unbowed. They do not actually see these as losses. The, what, what Assistant Attorney General Cantor said is, we got past motions to dismiss. We tried this. So we got acquittals in this case. It's clear that the use of the antitrust laws in labor markets is something that's here to stay. Again, that's the originalism, right? You look at it. These are criminal statutes and affect collusion, and nothing says they don't touch the labor markets. So at least outwardly, uh, they are saying there is nothing in those verdicts that's going to stop them from doing criminally or civilly what they want to do in the labor markets. And interestingly, ideologically, I didn't hear much from wherever they are in the spectrum, didn't hear much, by the way, of saying labor markets shouldn't be scrutinized. Uh, I think that's becoming a more accepted part of the, uh, the antitrust landscape. One of the things that's been interesting is the comment um, from DOJ that they were going to start um, bringing some Section 2 litigation. Um, uh, were there any conversations or um, presentations about that at the spring meeting? The enforcers were pretty uniform. Um, it's a bit like hearing the EU talk about abuse of dominance or the Australians or others, and that, that feeling, that, that attitude towards structurally affecting the marketplace. There's even talk about criminal Section 2 uh, actions, although given some of the DOJ setbacks in other cases, that may be a bridge too far. But certainly uh, there, there's the intention to use, with or without new legislation, uh, the attacks on single firm contact uh, conduct uh, that uh, that we think uh, will come. So yeah, the message they're getting is you know watch out we're we're not slowing down we're going to be bringing these actions, and on the FTC side, using the flexibility of Section Five that's an up and down you know administration to administration view. But certainly Chair Khan uh, sees using Section Five of the FTC Act again as an originalist to go after some of these what would be Section Two cases in in the Sherman Act sense. Well, you had talked a little bit about the EU, and it feels more like a, a, an EU feel to the way antitrust enforcement is occurring. And, and I think some of the legislation that we're seeing in Congress feels a little bit more EU-like in mm -hmm. terms of its specificity. Do you think that's a shift, or do you think the agencies would prefer to have the flexibility in the current statutes that allow them to pursue things that may be outside the letter of the law? Um, boy, I don't want to say I can read people's minds, but if we if we know what they're or listen to what they're saying, um, in that they see the Sherman Act and the FTC Act as being that broad, and where you have the DMA in the EU and others more specific guidelines, 
Um, I don't see anything in what our agencies are saying that feel they're constrained by anything that's not in the statutes. And what, what's interesting is to watch, because it's a global uh, environment for this, when you hear the Brazilians or the Australians or others sounding more like we did five years ago right, or ten years ago, um, it's interesting to see where the trends are and where things are moving. And so just as all of our evangelization uh, fostered you know, antitrust regimes around the world that are different than ours, that's going to continue, and we'll see developments, and it's unclear whether as large an economy as we are, we are still the driver of that policy. Tom, what, were you, what would you say are some of the most popular programs uh, this year, and what were some of the key takeaways for attendees of those programs? Sure. I think anything with the lead enforcers, domestically or otherwise, drew large audiences. People really wanted to hear. Because, again, given COVID, we had gone through the first year of the administration without hearing directly as much that people were really at the edge of their seats about things like, where are we really going with the leniency uh, policy, you know, after the FAQs were issued? Um, uh, where are the merger cases going to come from? Uh, so I think it, when we heard from the bureau directors, the, 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 the FTC commissioners, from the head of the, uh, the DOJ, and I think especially the, the international enforcers. As an aside, we had a presentation at our dinner from the head of the Ukrainian uh, competition authority. That was very well received. That was moving for lots of reasons. But we had our fireside chats. We had the enforcers from around the world, and people are, are drawn to that. We had very good uptake on our diversity, equity, and inclusion programming, given the, you know, the changing demographics of the profession and certainly the section. Uh, that was, was heartening to see that much interest in that programming, and we're going to be continuing that. Uh, things, the big data programming was because you brought the competition and the consumer protection sides together in that. So that was something that, you know, we scratch our heads. We've not yet figured out those places. So those, I think, were the, were the big draws. And I think the takeaway goes back, Matt, to your question about is this transitory or is this really a directional shift? And I think the takeaway, Jen, on that was we're going to see. I think we are uh, probably a little more in the camp that this, this is a change. Uh, and it doesn't uh, ignore the change in the feelings of the public and the economy and all of the learning uh, around, around what the uh, competition laws ought to be doing. So those were some of the principal, I think, takeaways and what was really popular. So, Tom, as chair-elect, I know you are intimately involved in the planning for the, the next year's spring meeting, and I know that even though it just ended, I'm sure you're already starting to plan for next year. Uh, what what are we going to see next year? Can you give us a sneak preview? Yeah, um, yeah, we are planning. Uh, this takes a full year to do, so we're meeting and 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 looking at where we're going to be next year. We're we're planning on it being a spring meeting at the same place. Um, it's going to be, I believe, in late March, um, and um, so we're looking at a good full house and the full range. One of the things we're going to look at, and we've been increasingly look at looking at, is. We talk about the substance of the policy, enforcement, and the like, what we've been talking about here, um, and really understanding what moves it. It's a good laboratory for understanding what actually moves the needle uh, in competition, law, policy, procedure, and practice. And so I think we're, uh, we're going to be looking at that as we, as we get the big brains together, because we're going to have this, as I said, a natural experiment going on with is legislation. A, is it the right thing to do, and B, does it really appropriately affect what the policy is, where the international directions are, uh, and, and what the cross-currents are, as large parts of the world that were not thought of as big antitrust markets. I mean, you can't ignore Brazil. 
And what Kajay is doing there is very important. So we're going to continue looking at what really drives, let's understand what really drives, and then we can have our folks uh, and all of our guests explore what's the best way to do that. So a lot of, a lot of focus on what actually moves the needle um, and, and understanding that. We'll get the right people together to do that. I think the big data, I think the privacy, uh, the data privacy uh, aspects are going to be bigger and bigger. We'll be into the year where there are four new state laws and more to come. So I think understanding that and the backfill on that on how that affects competition policy when you have right to repair laws and the like. So we're really going to look at that intersection as well. Great. Well, thank you so much, Tom, for joining us. And thank you for listening to the Competition Cafe. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Great to be here.